All right, so we are back. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, to Nan Man's Nerd Corner. As always, we're here to talk about all things nerdy, and we've got our wonderful co-host joining us again. Jaime, great to see you. How you been? Uh, doing pretty good. Thanks for having me again, and, and mm-hmm. look forward to this and many others. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. Now, <laughs> before we dive into this episode, if you saw the title, you should already know. The movie's been out for a month, so... You've, you've had a month. If you wanted to see it in theaters, yo, you would have done it by now. But we're going to start the episode and say, big spoiler warning. We're going to talk about Spider-Verse, and we're going to spoil it if you haven't watched it. If you haven't, great. Join the discussion. Hang out with us. You know, Listen. See if you guys had the same ideas that we did. Um, we're going to talk about animation. We're going to talk about spoilers. We're going to talk about the comic book. We're going to talk about predictions and thoughts maybe we'll get into more mcu stuff we're gonna see how it how it feels it might just be we get sucked into too much of this and and then we lose we don't have any time and so we'll do another mcu in in the future but we'll see we'll see how it goes it might be might be a little bit crazy there um but let's let's start things off i feel like a good way of, of starting is the animation for it feels similar to the first one but also going above and beyond like it felt like each of the characters were unique each of the environments were unique but it just did it even better than than the first one i felt like but i don't know i think i think we got to explore more by going to different universes and we got to see more than just kind of the the similar stuff from the from the first one but i don't know what do you what do you think what do you think about the yeah, no. The feel. I, I, the feel of it was was amazing. I mean, you're coming off of the the first film, uh, which was kind of uh, a, a, a interesting and awesome take, modern take, mm-hmm. honestly, with like modern art styles and all the different uh, types of styles that, that we saw when when we were watching that. And then you came in, and it almost felt a little bit enhanced with uh, Across the Spider Verse. Um, what? I found very interesting is just the amount of like effort and detail that went into individual characters and make them feel like they stand out a little bit more. So the different styles of the characters and and giving them a little bit more life amongst all the Spider-Man um, and and everyone that was you know you see in in what what was it they called the uh, the <laughs> the place where they were all at. But essentially, um, there was something I had uh, I had read as well um, prior to seeing the movie. Uh, because I was trying to really avoid as much of the spoilers as I could. I didn't mm-hmm. see it until a little bit later, where they were saying it took them about four years to animate the entire chase scene uh, with uh, all the Spider-Men trying to catch. I, th- I think I saw something it. that was like there was 180 unique spider people yep. in in that building during that chase scene that yep. they had to animate each individual one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's four years makes a lot of sense when you put that into perspective of of trying to make them all look and feel unique and not just like copy and paste Spider-Man into this <laughs> like where's Waldo scene yeah. like this. <laughs> yeah, no. So I I thought in in terms of the art style I felt like it stayed true to the original but it just improved it a little bit further um, I, I think everything had definition they mix a lot of different uh, you know animations and art styles together it worked really well it flowed really well it wasn't forced you could tell that there was a lot of effort put into how cohesive everything was so it, it felt like you were adding a bunch of different art masterpieces together but they fit really well because there was a lot of thought put into it Mm -hmm. yeah it wasn't just adding things to add things it definitely Mm -hmm. felt like it was connected and and meaningful in in how they they went about it um so i've i've been really pumped to do this episode because i am a big art nerd and in the sense that i very much appreciate art and i have art books and comic books and you know all these things that i've collected i was like i love looking at pictures <laughs> and so like i've nerded out looking into stuff about you know some of the animation stuff that th- went into it um so i got some i've got two uh, i have a couple of them but i have a couple of cool facts that i've found at, when in my my research uh so one of which is the the webbing that they use in their animation changed from this uh movie compared to the first one specifically because there was a netflix show that movie that came out called the sea beast 
Yeah, if you haven't seen the Sea Beast, it's it's very good. It's if you have kids, watch it with the kids; they'll love it. It's one of those how to train your dragon style uh, stories where you go, oh, there's monsters, and we're going to befriend the monsters, and you know that that old story. It's just like that. There's these people hunting sea monsters, so they had a developed specific animation for rigging and roping on these giant boats to hunt sea monsters and so that uh, method that they use the people that worked on spider-verse took that method and used it when they developed all the webbing of all the spider people in this so i was like that is super cool i love that little like you know animation is getting better from all the people around you and going that's awesome let's steal that and do that in our stuff and so like that i thought that was one one really cool thing um that I noticed. Another thing is the Lego animated scenes that were in this. Do you know this one? I see Jaime yeah. nodding along. Yep. Go ahead, go. This is this. You're right. I, I know this one. Yep. This is like this one. I was like, that's ah, so cool. So the Lego scenes were done by a 14 year old kid. So like he, I, I, there's like a whole New York Times article and stuff written about him. But from from the stuff that I saw was that he worked on some, like did some Lego scenes from the original. Uh, Spider-Verse, they liked it and they were like, hey, you want a job? You want to do some Lego stuff for this one? So, like, that, I think that's awesome. <laughs> like, was, so those, those are two starting ones that I that I got. I got a couple more in there, but what do you think about the, those stuff so far? So, it's, it's funny uh, because uh, my fiancé actually, I, I wasn't aware of this until my fiancé found this video and she sent it to me, and they were interviewing one of the, the main uh, producers and or animators of, of the uh of the film and he talked about that scene where they hired the the uh the kid to do the the animation again and mm. they also were talking about how they thought it would be funny um and there's a particular scene where um miguel tells peter you're one of our best right and oh, miguel yes. is like this like stoic doesn't compliment anyone doesn't so it, it, they thought it would be really funny that they would be a comment about, hey, you're like the best Spider-Man to the Lego Spider-Man. To the Lego <laughs> version yeah, yeah. of it. <laughs> you're one of our best. You're I'm one of our best. best. <laughs> like... <laughs> but yeah, so. No, that's... Yeah, that's good. That, so like there's those things, um, you know, Spider-Punk is in here, whichever one I feel like became obsessed with after they've seen it, at least, at least within the circles of the internet, the nerdy portions that I uh, frequent the most, people have been obsessed with them. Uh, and so I saw some of the, like the initial testing stuff that they did about, you know, his outfit shifting and changing so much that, you know, the directors loved it. They, everybody was really happy about it. Um, you know, one cool thing with it is that, uh, with the actual movie that he, and all the scenes, not just like the test stuff they did, but in the actual movie, they animated that his body, his guitar, and his outline are all set and animated at different timings. Yep. So like everything, everything feels almost disjointed and disconnected, but flows really well and, and actually fits, even though it's shifting and changing and, and disjointed because of his character and what like. So I, I was like. Again, we talked about the feel of the movie, and, and everybody has their own unique feel. And, and making each of the Spider Verse people feel unique is is what makes it so good, right? You looked at the first one, you go, the art style just for each character is is unique, and they you know blended it so perfectly. And, and even this, you know, they stepped it up even more for like Spider Punk and stuff like that. So I, I was big big fan of of that. Uh, seeing that shift of like his his clothes are changing, everything's shifting and changing. But I don't know what were your thoughts on Spider Punk? Like, were you as obsessed with him as, as like everybody else was? <laughs> yeah, I actually I loved his entire design. I I'm gonna confess that I didn't know much about uh, a couple of the different characters that showed up. I had to do a little bit of research after the fact. Um, Spider Punk was one of those characters, and it was I think what I really liked about his animation style and, and the different. Uh, I guess synchronizations of like the three different animation styles within his character mm -hmm. really kind of talked about his character in general as well, right? So he's like the rebel, like you know he's 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 helping, but he's doing it kind of his way, and and he mm -hmm. had such a big part in the movie of like, hey, you know, like don't do, like that the one scene where he's got um, he's talking to Miles and Miles gets trapped, right? And he's like, don't forget. Use your palms, yeah, like, use your hands, yeah, right? use not your just palm. the fingertips. You know, yeah. and he, he leaves the the watch the watch for for Gwen. So 
his character was just so cool in 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 that sense too that like he was a good guy but he was like he he was playing by his own what he felt was right like kind of i don't know for me that was kind of the 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 spirit of what spider-man represents you know you you do the right thing and and i think despite everything else exactly i think he knew there was something wrong with this and he was kind of going along with it but he really wasn't he was doing his own thing, yeah. and that shows in his character and, and how the story develops. So yeah, Spider Punk, love him. Uh, yeah, can't wait right? to see. Can't wait to see more of him, and I hope that he gets even more. I was like, <laughs> more I'm hoping time. that he ta- like. I I feel like he will in the third one, and even be like almost more mentory, similar to how like yeah, uh, you know Peter Parker, Peter B. Parker was. Uh, to Miles in the first one, I'm hoping that you know we're seeing that Spider Punk's taking that role in the third. Like you said, he he was helping out and like, hey, use your hands, not your fingertips, that stuff. He was breaking all those pieces inside there that he used to make the watch for them so they could jump to the different. Like yep. he was already guiding and being a mentor essentially to them in this. But like, I I'd love to see him continue that in his own unique way of just like that he does. I don't know. I lo- I liked it. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Spider Punk stuff. Um. So we've got, let's see, uh, Gwen's stuff is really interesting because this, which, you know, maybe we'll save it and talk a little bit about uh, India's Spider-Man, right? The uh, the Mumbai or Mumbatan, the, the combination Mumbai, of Mumbai, Mumbai and Mumbai Manhattan. Hatton. Yeah, Mumbai. Yeah, that was. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I, you know, his character is super cool. Like, it, you know, the uniqueness of, of his stuff, like the, the little funny aspect of the chai tea or whatever and he's like chai means tea and things like that i did see an interview with the actor that played uh the india spider-man and was like you know i got to go in and sit with them and talk with them about the character and, and kind of brainstorm and you know that basically that bit about chai tea and stuff was stuff that you know we brainstormed up and we thought up when we were working on developing the character and, and stuff so i thought that was super cool and just like the the that universe is such a unique one too of just how much uh depth it has and like every everywhere else is like the art style of it and and the line work and and you know felt very differently where this is like this is a a a massive place it kind of in my brain reminded me of what uh ravnica looks like for all you magic nerds out there which is like basically a plane or a planet that's in just a city and that's kind of what this one felt like with just like it just keeps going and going and going like how deep it goes instead of like vertically where we're used to with like you know the futuristic city all these tall towers and stuff like this where it's like no it just keeps going down and so i thought that was pretty cool with with the india stuff but without getting too much into the into the like the the spoilers and the story yet for what happens because it's a big big part of the story but what do you, what did you think about the uh, animation style or the art style with with the moon over there. Yeah, so I, again, kind of similar. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. It was a very pleasant and, and, and good surprise mm. and good twist. You know, I, I um, so for, for everyone who's listening, um, I actually went to see the movie with my fiance and she, throughout the years, has more or less become a fan of certain things, uh, Marvel and, and, and movies and stuff. So I some of it I've dragged her out to. Some of it she's come of her own free will because she wanted to see mm. the story and such. She really enjoyed it. Is not a non-hardcore fan of comics and 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 all that uh, relating to superheroes and things of that nature. For her, it was really cool. It was a really, it was really unique. It was it was different. It was something that kind of we weren't expecting, but it was a very good and pleasant surprise. You know, it was, it was good to see the city. That, that everyone knows in a unique mm. twist. Um, yeah. I thought his design was really awesome. Um, I thought his character was really, really cool. Um, I liked kind of his, like, perky, you know, upbeat approach and right. just kind of, like, Positivity. just says it as is. You know, I, I really... It, it was, like, a good way to break some tension at times uh, in, in a very unique and interesting way of, like, creating that tension. So he makes a comment about, you know, Gwen and him, he must be in love with you. You know, making everything awkward. But, like, yeah. addressing something that is on everyone's mind and, mm-hmm. and two characters that essentially have feelings for one another. Or you could tell that they, they have feelings for one another. So, yeah. love the design, love the city, um, loved the... I, I also really enjoyed how his 
world and his city played into the overall storyline. Mm-hmm. I, you know, again, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the spoilers and everything later, but I thought that was such a cool and good way or good direction to take the movie in of, hey, we're here now. What? Oh, well, what's happening here? And then for that big event to happen there, and then mm-hmm. as, as we'll talk about it here in a little bit, two things that potentially change the entire outcome of the entire movie, right? One major event happening, and then the other that wasn't supposed to happen and does. And and yep. again, I have to give it to the animators for really grabbing so many different styles and making it flow so well. Like Spider-Punk, going back to Spider-Punk, mm-hmm. stood out, but he belonged. He was there. He was yes. he was part of it. It wasn't it wasn't forced. It wasn't trying too hard. It was very natural. And you're like, he stands out, but in such a good way. And I think right. this did the same thing. It it stood out, but it was just part of everything else. It didn't mm-hmm. feel like it was too much and it didn't feel like it was trying too hard. Uh one other uh little Spider Man India. Uh, thing is just a little subtle thing is that all the action words like the thwips and the punches and stuff like that are all animated in Hindi. Really? So even even the words and stuff like that they like really were like yep we're, we're going all in everything is going to be matching up so like there's like all these little details that I'm just like ah nerding out about because it's just like super cool stuff that they they did when they were, were animating it but um which leads me into kind of our last animation-related talk before we get into the story, because I figured this would be the good one to end on for animation stuff, is Gwen. Because, you know, it, it's the perfect flow into the actual story of Spider-Verse. But Gwen's stuff is really cool. I, you know, I really liked her, her world because of how kind of almost like blurry and watercolory it was. Um, and, and, you know, her world is... Uh, the colors in it are dictated by moods. It's almost like a mood ring environment. And like the colors are very contrasting and different, you know, like a lot more of the kind of purples and and things like that around Gwen with her kind of dealing with what she's dealing with. Um, And, you know, one of the most striking things is like, you know, her versus her dad and her dad's very orange around him and red and like yellow, like these brighter colors and where she's very kind of muted and purples and pinks and blue, you know, like these different feels to them that the, you know, even it's kind of blurry watercolor background. It still had so much that they were able to tell from her world compared to each individual world that we got to visit and stuff. Yeah. And I think to, to add to that too, they did a good job of, I felt like the 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 the, this, the the watercoloring in the style of art was kind of a good portrayal of how the character was feeling and the internal struggle. Yes. You know that the the fact that there was it almost felt like ink blotty, kind of like mm-hmm. you know it it had colors and it had things, so they had shape, but they were distorted. And I think that kind of played to her character of how she was feeling. She she was feeling out of place. She was feeling distorted. Um, and even in the exchange between her and her father, they do such a good job of like you said, the colors are still like they're, they're portraying how they're feeling, but they're still very distorted, giving that feeling of this is not this is what you're feeling at this moment in time. But often, more times than not, what you feel at that moment isn't how you end up feeling overall. And we see that later in the story uh, when Gwen goes back uh, that you know her dad had a choice. He was feeling how he yes. was at that certain time, but he made the choice the same way that she made her choice to, to go on and, and, and join the group. So I, I thought that they did, again, magnificent job. I thought it was cool um, to have the movie kind of start there, honestly. Yes, and it, that right, exactly, right? It definitely felt more like Gwen's story yes. this time around by, by picking it up directly from her point of view in that regard of okay we're, we're drumming we're going through it and and so it, it felt very cool to see that progression and kind of follow along even though we would jump around we'd see you know what what's miles up to but it definitely felt more from gwen's point of view uh from the beginning of like okay we're you know we're going through it and and here's the drumming stuff we're seeing flashes of images and stuff so like i don't know i felt really good now 
you know, one interesting discussion related to Gwen's stuff before we jump into the actual story of, of the movie itself. Uh, there were, they have a lot of subtle things, you know, the animators have done throughout it. And one of the things was in Gwen's room, there's a poster, Trans Lives Matter, mm-hmm. up above her door and stuff like that. Uh, which, you know, as people get butthurt about things, there was lots of discussion. Apparently, Spider Verse was removed from some cinemas uh, in a dozen Muslim related, you know, majority countries because of this transgender related poster or something like that. I think it's dumb. I think people, if <laughs> it's 2023, people, come on now. Trans lives matter, right? But there shouldn't be any reason not to go watch a movie just because there's a poster in it that if you blink, you missed it. Like, well, people are dumb. There was, <laughs> I, I didn't know we were gonna, where we were gonna, you know, take the discussion because I know this can be kind of a, a, a can be a sensitive subject and, and, mm-hmm. There's individuals everywhere that have very uh, strong and, and different opinions about everything. So um, my comment here is I've read a bunch of stuff, too, where the community was talking about Gwen potentially being transgender. I did uh, see some of that. Yeah. And there was a lot of things, you know, uh, essentially going back and forth. And it felt like I think that was like a subtle way of the animators to kind of show that Gwen's an ally. With the yeah. poster, with the different colors, and 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 the mm-hmm. world itself was like, hey, she is an ally. This world, you know, and and how she sees things that that is a, a part of it. it. It is sad to see that parts of the world are essentially closed-minded in the sense that like it, you're taking away from 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 the general story and and the good that it can do. Mm-hmm. I I think the the last thing I wanted to mention here is I walked away from the movie feeling like they did a magnificent job of including an, an inclusion in general uh, yes. in so many different ways. And and what I really, really... So, like, um, this is going to make me sound dumb right now, but the uh, Gwen's mentor, um, she stood out from the very beginning for me because mm. it was, here's this badass badass spider person who is pregnant and the first message you get right at the beginning is you can be a badass and you can be a mom and it was like holy hell and then you kept going through the different movie you know we got we got uh moomba han moomba han i'm sure i'm saying that wrong and then there's a whole different world it's the combination of of mumbai and manhattan so yeah yeah moomban hat i don't know yeah anyone who's listening please don't 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 destroy me for mispronouncing we're trying guys we're trying trying. i just felt that the movie did such a good job of of just showing inclusion without it being forced it was natural and and yes i think the overall message was so good of like hey everything just flows it can flow it should flow like it can all Mm -hmm. be one thing we we focus so many so much about the differences but this movie did such a magnificent job of bringing it all together showcasing a bunch of different things and just making it fit so well together where that's how reality should be you shouldn't notice it because it's not as it's just normal it's just right it's it's one of those like representation matters yes and if it's just like normal being in there that it's not something that they're hitting you over the head but it's it's enough for the people that it matters to to notice it and it's a big deal to them so it's like they did a great job with it so that's kind of their animation talk slash other talk that we kind of threw in here uh but let's let's get into the story itself so Again, big spoilers. The, the beginning half, we tried to keep it a little bit less spoiler-free, <laughs> just to give give you a chance, guys. But now, you, no, no. Yeah, spaces. the gloves are off. I, I can't hold the it any longer. I've done the so, best I can. So, <laughs> cliffhanger. Like that's that's the number one. I just like <laughs> I was I was not ready for the cliffhanger. I was I was just like I I was getting so hyped up. And it's because I was so invested, and I was like, "All right, they, what are they going to do? How are they going to wrap this up? Like, there's not enough time. No way." And then it was just like, "Bam! Guess what? We're coming back. <laughs> you don't you don't even get to find out the end yet." But so I I was blown away by the the shift, like the you know going to 
Earth 42 and meeting his Miles meeting, you know, his alternate reality self and that whole at like that. That was I was I was blown away. I was not (laughs) anticipating it, not expecting it. So I was very, very happy with with the ending of it. Yeah, it, well, I don't know. What's your thoughts with the with the cliffhanger ending? At least, yeah, no, it's really funny, uh, man. I was so I had the exact same thought, but my my brain went a, a little bit different. So I had had a bottle of water. I was really it was it was I I had lost track of time because I just was so in you know enjoying, in, enjoying it. it into the movie. I was immersed in the world. I I just I was I was gone. So I'm like I really really have to use the restroom. And I'm sitting here like I could hold out 20, 30 minutes tops, but how yeah. are they gonna how are they gonna end this in 30 minutes? Like there's just not enough time. And then the cliffhanger happens. And I'm sitting there going, What? Like it completely caught me by it caught me off guard. Well, it's yeah. funny, we're walking out of the theater and I see the poster and underneath, you know, like where it's got the, the poster mm-hmm. art and everything across the Spider-Verse, literally, literally in like small text it says part one. And I'm like did I not see that because I didn't want to see it? Or did I not see that because I'm blind? Um, yeah, no. I never saw that. I didn't even know that. Interesting. Yeah, it, it was in the – and apparently it was in the movie trailer as well. Um, now, that's that's after I saw it. Whether it was there originally and they, mm-hmm. they it wasn't. They just added it later so that people wouldn't get pissed off like uh, all of us were. Um, <laughs> that, that could be a different story. But no, I – I, I got it, and I know there were a lot of people who were upset by the cliffhanger. I saw a lot of people being like, "How blah blah blah." It's like, but a, it was supposed to be a trilogy, anyways. Two, right. they did the best they could with the amount of time they had, and I feel that I would much rather go see a part one and a part two of a movie and get a better storyline that didn't feel rushed and was more cohesive than to add an extra half an hour to a movie that might be long. Make it longer, and then you rush through the story instead mm-hmm. of giving the characters the depth and, and, and the time that they need and deserve, in my opinion. Yeah, I, th- I mean, it It was already, like, what, two hours and 20-some minutes or something like that? So it, uh, it, And that's a long animated movie. That's like a, that's a regular movie that you go to see in the theaters where, like, normally when people are thinking animated movie, they're like, this is an hour and a half, right? A quick in done get you done going but this is it was you know very meaty had a lot of of details a lot of information to send to you and like you said like it would have sucked to have pushed it an extra 30 minutes just to like rush through the end of the story so i think breaking it up into a third makes makes the most sense I, i'm very happy with that so i don't know so all right now that we got the the big the big thing right the cliffhanger out the way because that i feel like was like you said, the shocking part for a lot of people. I know, you know, my wife and I were staring at each other like, what? What just happened? Why was there Why was there a cliffhanger? But so going through it, like, I, you know, very, very happy with, with how they, they told the story. Like, it's like a year and some amount of months you know four or five six whatever they officially i don't i don't know what the official time pass was between the first movie and this one uh but it was cool seeing like all right you know miles and gwen have grown up they're looking older you know it it definitely felt like time had passed you know they at least in miles case he knew what he was doing more like they did that whole little like bit of like uh from the first movie with Spider-Man and, and being like, Oh yeah, I, I invested all my money and I lost all my money. I did this and I did, uh, you know, like, Oh, it, the, you know, miles is like endorsed baby powder. Then I had to apologize for baby, you know, like these little like nods and stuff like that, that I, I was really happy with, with them going through that. But I don't know. Let's, let's break down some of the story. What are you thinking here? Character wise, the main story, which where, where, where do you want to dive in first? Yeah. So I, I think I, I'm going to start with the villain. Um, I, I, I think that's, uh, that's, so here we have two things to talk about. Potentially we mm-hmm. have spot or the spot and then yep, the spot. potentially Miguel, uh, and Ooh, some of the, yes. some of the shady stuff that's going on uh-huh. with Miguel, but let, let's, let's, we'll, we'll, we'll go back to the supposed main villain before we go off the tin, tin foil hat yes. theories. Um, yeah. 
I really, really liked his animation style, and I really also liked his character development. I mm-hmm. loved how he went from a goofy, like, doesn't know what he's doing, to a full-on psychopath. Like, he... he he, he he leveled up pretty fast within the story. Yeah, right? Like it was insane. He was robbing a convenience store to figuring out that he could basically travel the multiverse within himself to being like, "Hey, I need more dark matter. I'm going to go to another universe and destroy it so I can get more dark matter." So I I felt like it was you have this really funny scene starting out. The movie starts very lighthearted, and then Spot figures out what he can do and then that story progresses and it gives the entire movie like a really good villain to fight like that's insane the the fact that he can literally go anywhere and god knows i mean he from what we saw he can bring parts of other universes into other universes so the potential for like infinite possibilities of things happening is infinite so yeah, what were your thoughts on Spot? I, I thought his animation progressed through the story as well, man. And I love like how he's really like goofy and like beer gutted belly dude. And then towards the yeah. end, he's just like, like, like dark matter incarnate, just yes. moving around. So yeah, let, yes. what are your thoughts? No, I think that's a good way to to think about him, right? As he started out as like this kind of goofy guy. Oh, I'm gonna rob this ATM, and he's reaching through and like hitting his hand and like kicking his own butt, and do, you know, like doing. He's like, oh, I gotta figure this out, and then he becomes this just like world eating monster, essentially of absorbing all of this energy and being able to, you know, cause catastrophe across the multiverse. It it was very cool, and you know. Shout out to the the bagel uh, causing all of the the havocs and all the best movies. You know we've got uh, this one and then everything everywhere all at once. Of course the bagel. Like I'm loving the bagels, guys. It's it's great. Uh, but no, it's it's cool to see also characters and villains getting added in that we're not used to seeing. Uh, like picking the spot as the, as their choices here. Um, you know, it was. I think that was already prevalent and cool when we saw the first Spider-Man when they're like, "Oh, okay, Liv is Doc Ock in this universe," and like they're, you know, they they twist things a bit and stuff. Where the spot is just like, "Nope, that's the spot." And in in Spider-Man, that's how he is, and they kept him like that. And just like seeing, not only like we're we're used to seeing the hero's progression but we're not really used to seeing the villain's progression over the course of a movie. So that was really cool to see kind of normally they're just like, they're the villain and they're powerful and you got to beat them. And stuff. Here he is. it's like, nah, this is, this is a, a goofy guy. What's, what are you worried about? <laughs> like, yeah. So I, I, yeah. So the spot, very cool, very cool. The way that he kind of progressed through the movie. Yeah. That you, 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 you took the words right out of mouth, my, my mouth there. I definitely loved to see a villain's progression. Uh, you're, you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. There, there's uh, so many stories um, where, it, it, I mean, it happens in, it happens on both sides. It happens on the you know hero side and it happens on the villain side as well. Here's a hero. He's already the hero, you know, like, yeah. not to get off ta- topic, but with Halo, Master Chief, you know, he gets mm-hmm. dumped in there and he's like, this is Master Chief. He's done a bunch of great things. He's the hero. There you go. But we don't... There you go. Have fun. <laughs> yeah, have, have fun. He's already God mode. Uh, but it was... It was it was really cool to see like this goofy guy go from goofy like breads falling out of his belly to, to, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to I'm going to end you and just leaving, you know, like mm. I, I really, really enjoy that. And, and for me, like I, I do really enjoy the hero side of storylines, but as, as Nan will tell you uh, and be able to vouch, I also really enjoy the villain side of it. I, mm-hmm. I, not saying anything in heroes, and I'm not trying to say I'm a, <laughs> trying to go on the bad guy tangent here, but I do think that sometimes the villains have a very like intricate storyline that isn't always explored, or if it is explored, yes. it's not explored in, in, to the to the depth that a lot of heroes uh, get explored. So it, it's I, I'd like to see more, or I, I like seeing more in these movies going forward, and and like across the Spider Verse. To show some of that development within the movie, so you kind of know this is what's happened. This is how we got here. We we know the villain almost as much as we know the hero because they've yeah. gotten about the same amount of time to develop their character. 
with the exception of potentially the mystery hero. Now, uh, starting out with the the vulture uh, as the villain too, and I love the design that they use for like we're gonna pull him out of like Da Vinci era and his like <laughs> wooden vulture suit. I was like, all right, th- that was a, a, a like a perfect introduction to being like, hey. The multiverse is messed up. You kind of saw this in, like, the live-action things. Like, we've seen, like, you know, of course, the live-action Spider-Man where they're like, oh, here's all these Spider-Man villains from all the Spider-Man movies running around where this was like, okay, we got to see all the Spider-People in the first one go to the different universe and be glitching and having trouble. And now it's like, now villains are showing up and, you know, the, clearly something's going on with the with the Spider-Verse here or with the uh, multiverse. So I, it was very cool to see that sort of you know, big action to start things out with a movie of like them catching the helicopter and really like kind of getting people invested. I felt like, uh, in it, but I was, you know, it's cool to see even just like the subtle little heroes sprinkled in, like seeing the vulture, uh, as well as, you know, a little live action cameo of a, of a villain as well. Um, but I don't know. Before I get into that, what did you think about like vulture and stuff? I, yeah, yeah it, 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 that was also a really funny thing. Um, I, I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't expecting mm-hmm. a Da Vinci style artsy vulture <laughs> to pop out of a Da Vinci dimension. Uh, and I, my fiance wasn't expecting it either because she gave me a look mm-hmm. like, what? But <laughs> <laughs> well, like a good, like, holy, you know, like, it, yeah. it, and it just adds to the, to the level of, of just surprise after surprise. Again, I think I went into the movie with like, I don't think the so I feel like my opinion on some things might be a little bit biased because I I love Spider Man I love the Spider Man mm-hmm. Spider Man storyline and the Spider Verse and all that so I went into it with a little bit of bias of like that movie could have been absolute dog shit and I would have enjoyed it every bit of the way because it's it's a story that's very dear to my heart right now yes. was it very well executed yes was it really well done absolutely yes I I it's almost like my love for it was multiplied by all the different mm-hmm. aspects and all the different diverse things I did with the story. And that's the thing is it's like with animation, you have the power to do that. You have the power to bring so many different elements into a movie like a Da Vinci Vulture that you'd be like, how in the <laughs> living... How does that how, work? How yeah. would you <laughs> ever do that live action? You can do it in animation. You just have to be willing to put in the time and spend the money. Um, yep. So yeah, I I loved it. I thought it was cool. I think it was a good way to uh, kind of put everything together, and like it, it was a good start to the movie. And I think it also did a very good thing. It did it it set up where it foreshadowed Miguel a little bit, and kind of his yes. character, and yes. kind of which direction he was going. So man, those exactly where I'm going with this. But there's mm-hmm. the, towards the uh, end of that fight scene with them before the helicopter is coming up to you know shine the light on it. Miguel is about to take a bite out of the vulture, and T- takes his mask it, off. The fangs it, come he out. He is gonna bite yeah. it. He is gonna bite it, and it leaves you wondering because you're like, why? That's not. He's trying to, su- you know, he's trying to suppress him, not drink from him. So. I'm going to throw it right back at Nan and be like, what were your thoughts? We've had a little bit of a mini discussion about Miguel potentially not necessarily being who he claims to be and or kind of being another one of the bad guys in in the story. Yes. Right. He, you know, he appeared as the bad guy. Oh, we're going to catch, you know, Miles and we're going to do, you know, all the Spider-Man get him. But we're referring to more of the vampire side and they and they even made a comment i remember in the movie of somebody referring to uh miguel as a vampire so it's like it's it's like a known bit of information that they know but it's it is that like in the actual comic right the 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 spider-verse comic that they released and they came out with there's a group of beings called the inheritors and there's one particular one called Morlun, M-O-R-L-U-N, Morlun. And their whole thing is they are, are these vampire-like beings that drain the life force of specific animal totem characters, right? People that have these animal totems. In particular, this group targets 
the spider people that exist across the timelines of all the different spider verses out there and they're basically draining and killing the spider people there have been a few instances where some spider people have killed the inheritors and stuff like that and that's like this whole cosmic fight of like hey these spider people can end your life so you should kill the spider people oh yeah that's a good idea i'll, I'll do that but this this that's where we've had this conversation of maybe Miguel is one of these inheritors, one of these beings that feed off of the animal totems of people, and specifically us seeing him pull out his fangs and do this against the vulture kind of makes me think that maybe he is in that sort of same group, like people like right the rhino, vulture, like these characters as well as spider-man right these animal totem characters black cat all these characters in this world are in danger because of these beings that want to strain their life forces so that's the discussion we've had is we think that it is leading to that that maybe he is that subtle villain and they're gonna play on this like prowler thing and then it's gonna be a whole haha surprise or or maybe not maybe we're reading too much into (laughs) it and maybe it's gonna be you know nothing but that's that's where my brain went to as soon as i saw the fangs come out specifically versus the vulture like in the theaters i was like wait a minute this reminds me of the actual comic and what actually happened with the <laughs> them hunting them down but well and, yeah. and interestingly enough too um you have a particular part in a scene where you see miguel injecting himself with what appears mm. to be like some sort of spider venom or it, it, I mean it's a green substance and it's got like I, my my memory is awful um, but I think it might have like a little spider symbol or whatever but he's he's, he's clearly injecting himself with something um, so that that further led me to believe that there was more going on to the story than, than Miguel was letting on um, yeah. I also with my tinfoil hat again I don't know so there's, there's a particular scene where he talks about how Miguel uh, I'm sorry, uh, Miles was the first, like, he created the first issue that, that had... He was, the, he was the anomaly. He was the first anomaly. But then he talks about mm-hmm. traveling to, you know, a universe where he wasn't supposed to be and creating all these issues and stuff, and that's how he knows it doesn't mm-hmm. work. So that also kind of... Something about that story that just didn't add up for me. So it's like, there's a lot of little things that, 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 that just point to Miguel not being who he is. Now, we might be stretching really far by going the inheritor the inheritors route, but uh something's not adding but, up. Something's just not so, adding right. up. Yeah, something's not adding up. And and that's the thing, right? The inheritors and Morloon and if you want to read more about Spider-Punk and, you know, the Superior Spider-Man and Miles Morales and, you know, uh Scarlet Spider and all these amazing different characters you can pick up the the book right i picked up the trade back for it and it is uh amazing because you know it has all that information you can find out more stuff about it so if you want to if you want to invest more in the spider-verse stuff check out the the book because it is cool it's got some some cool stuff in it but yeah again we could be reading too much into it but that's where our brains went when we saw it um i was really happy to see shifting gears away from Miguel for a second is when they were going in that, you know, 2099, the spider facility, and they got to see uh, Donald Glover dressed up as the prowler in the live action stuff. I was like, that is really cool, especially because, you know, the last time we saw Donald Glover playing a character in the MCU is in like one of the early Tom Holland spider-man stuff he was like in a garage or something and got webbed to a car and stuff and he in in that case right he specifically was like oh i've got you know a nephew named miles and you know said that in the mcu to tom holland spider-man and stuff like that so it was cool to see him in this you know oh he's older he's wearing the prowler outfit thing you know like it's like kind of building up towards a kind of cross connection with across the spider verse and the mcu right they're planting more and more seeds it feels like especially with the the nods and the the little subtle things that they had in the hq of like here are all these images of of the canon events and things like that that are taking place of like oh here's um toby mcguire spider-man and uh, here's when you know 
Gwen Stacy dies from Andrew Garfield's one. And, you know, like, oh, here's these comic book images of it, of like, so it was very cool to see this like connection of media from comic book to live action to animation in the, in the kind of spider HQ. Um, so I don't, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think there'll be a, a crossover that, that could come from this between the MCU and like across the spider verse? I, I feel like, so. I, I think, it, I think it, there has to be, I, um, you know, but Miguel makes a reference to um, the, the, oh, the yeah. MCU's like the main story. <laughs> yeah, Doctor Strange, yeah, Doctor yeah. Strange, and 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 Tom Holland Spider Man of like those, you know, that nerd and all those kids, and yeah. essentially like they pretty much almost broke, <laughs> almost broke mm-hmm. the Spider Verse, like in in reality. Um, so I I think. There's too much evidence to show that there isn't going to be some sort of cross at some point. There's just there's too much going on. It just makes sense. Um, I think with you know where that movie ended and kind of where Spider Verse is going, um, it's going to pop up. Even if it's just a mild reference, who knows? I, I it seems like too much effort for a bit. <laughs> you yes, know what I mean? Right, like it's right. a lot. It's not like it's super easy to animate a live human being into an animated movie and make it flow. You know, that's that's Ooh. a lot of effort. That's a lot of effort, which actually re- reminded me of another uh, little cameo thing, because I know you're a big fan of villains. There was a little bit of a Venom uh, crossover there when the spot was figuring out his powers and he was zipping through, went to like the Lego world, went to the comic, and then he went into like the uh, the Venom earth i don't i don't know i don't remember and keep track of what number all the earths are but basically the earth where venom exists because he went into that convenience shop and stuff like that so i thought that was a cool little just connecting all the dots across the spider uh movies that exist up to this point (laughs) that was oh i love that scene (laughs) when the spot comes out of the uh, of the hole and it's like wait you're not shocked by this (laughs) dead face Nope, no, yeah. <laughs> no, nope. Not, nope. no reaction whatsoever. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I love that. I it, again, I think, I think, uh, I stand by what I've said. I think that there's too much mm-hmm. being shown for there not to be a crossover. Um, one thing I will mention um, that I was kind of like um, thinking about as well with Miguel essentially not being <laughs> who we think he might be is I know yeah. I know that he his powers aren't didn't come from a radioactive spider he, he essentially injected uh, himself with like he's 50% spider 50% man and that's kind of how his powers work so there is a possibility that he was like going kind of spidery at that point um, mm-hmm. but my my tinfoil hat goes back to what we had originally talked. So yeah, there's, there's just so many different things in so many different directions. It's, 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 it just gets me excited to talk about it, but also to like, see where the story is going to go and see like, were we right or were we so far off that it's actually depressing. Right. <laughs> right. right. It's like, are they, are they not going to use any of the inheritors? Are they not yeah. going to do it at all? Or is it like a setup? Hey, we're building it. And maybe, after we're done telling Miles' story and, and, you know, getting through all this, there's this, like, subtle thing in the background that if we ever return to this world, it's there that we have more villains that we can pull from. Like, I don't know, it's hard It's hard to tell a good story in one movie, let alone across three movies like the Spider-Verse series is doing now. Yeah, and, and um, actually that might even be a good – so so that might be a good uh, transitional point to talk about Miles as a character. Um, so <laughs> – the the thing that's really interesting and that I really really like is I I wasn't how do I how do I word this so there was a lot so when when Miles Morales's character was first introduced there was a lot of uh, not I don't want to say negative but he wasn't received as no, well there was there, there was negativity there was a, okay there let's hate there was a lot of yeah. there was a lot of negativity with with Miles as Spider Man. They're like, he can't be Spider Man. He he he's not mm-hmm. supposed to be Spider Man. Oh, you can't do this, you can't do that. Yeah. Um I really, really like that in this movie that's almost being addressed directly. Miguel tells him mm-hmm. you weren't supposed to be Spider Man. You're not supposed yep. to be here. You're not supposed to be these things. And he says, No, I'm going to do my own thing and and challenges that very 
you know, conception of you're not supposed to be here. You're not supposed to be this. And, and he challenges that canon again, quote unquote, the canon when he saves mm-hmm. the inspector and saying just because that causes an issue in the quote unquote Spider-Verse and causes a tear doesn't mean that I'm supposed to just let him die. And, and the ideology of Spider-Man or what it means to be Spider-Man or to be a Spider-Person is very much within Miles in this version of Miles. And and I really, really love to see kind of like that, you know, David versus Goliath story. He's he's up against the entire Spider-Verse and, and he's not letting down. He's not letting it just happen and, and going on. And that's the essence of the character. And it's being captured very well in this film. It is. I mean, and even in the first one, right? Like with the Stan Lee cameo of like, you know, anybody can wear the mask and kind of thing like you know they've they sat there and they've spelled it out for you guys if you don't believe that miles is spider-man then you're there's something wrong with you he's he's a great spider-man mm-hmm. um but it's you know i i his growth and his progression is has been really cool to see even even when like gwen first came back and they were like zipping around and he like just his ability to kind of try try to keep up with her and not quite doing it, like bumping into cars or, you know, like these little things that he was doing when he's zipping w- around with her, like, oh, she's hanging upside down by his by her foot, so he tries to do it. Yeah, he's doing pretty good. Like, he's learned how to do it, but it's more of, like, learning on the spot. Um, I'm going to learn while watching you kind of thing, which is something that he's we saw him do very well in the first movie that he's still doing it in this. And it's just kind of like built into the way that they designed his character in it, which is cool to see that like growth and progression is happening like all the time for his character. Yeah. And it, I don't know. I'm liking it. Yeah. I like it. And, and he, and, and I think what I like too, is he's, he's very, he's, he's very adaptive to what's going on around him. Like you mentioned, um, you know, he's, He's kind of trying to figure it out. And, and I think that's the other thing that I find really compelling about his story and, and this story being animated is I think as you get older, you, you tend to forget a little bit about your youth and kind of your journey and things that have happened. And I think movies like, like this capture really the essence of, hey, here's a teenager trying to figure out who they are in the world, period. And here's another element. They have superpowers. So you you combine those two elements together and it makes it almost 10 times harder to kind of figure out where you stand in the world because as you see, he's trying to live two separate lives. Something that, that the character is known for since the beginning of mm-hmm. its inception. Like that's just been the thing. And there's different storylines of where people know, people don't know. He doesn't, he doesn't do it. You know, people die because they know it. So his, his character is just so complex and even the, the, the scene where Miles comes back to Earth, quote-unquote, Earth-42, mm-hmm. and tells his mom, hey, I'm Spider-Man. And she's like, who's Spider-Man? What's a Spider-Man? You know, that whole, like... <laughs> whip, I'm Spider-Man, yeah. <laughs> it, I, I like the... I like the, the, the getting away a little bit from the, the... Not necessarily secret identity, but the keeping your loved ones out of the loop to protect them. He... He cares about his mother. He cares about his father. He was ready to tell his mom and come clean because he wants her to know. He loves her. He wants he wants that like to be able to connect with his parents on that level, not only as their their kid, but also that other layer that they can also help with potentially being as close as they are. I, I just love the amount of detail and psych, psychology that goes into the movie, whether people are looking for it or not. It it, mm. it it is seen and it is it just naturally flows, but when you look at the next layer of it, it it adds that next level. You know, it, it makes it more complex. It does, and it's. It, I mean, it reminds me like I've seen interviews with like Stan Lee, and he's talked about you know when he was working on on Spider Man and creating it and stuff. And it's like one of the main reasons Spider Man became so popular when it was first came out was because he was that flawed character Mm -hmm. right you could see his struggles the flaws the the, you know the everything is real right relatable compared to like batman and the billionaire aspect (laughs) and like you know it's it's i don't know there's a lot that makes spider-man great and you know you and i both are in agreement that it's our favorite of like the comic book related 
stuff and and that's the only like main comics that i collect now are spider-man ones like i used to collect just like the regulars and now i, I have like trade backs because you know it was a lot of money to buy all those <laughs> comics <Yeah>. every single <laughs> Well, but that's that's, and it's funny because like, so again, going to the whole point, we we love the Spider Verse, and and Mm -hmm. I personally love Venom, and you know one Mm -hmm. of the things about Venom too is Venom more or less becomes quote unquote a good guy after he fuses with Peter Parker, and like after they separate, the the embryos like or the symbiote is like, oh crap. I kind of want to do good things, but my way. So it's like it 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 just goes to show like how much of in, impact that character has yes. on 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 the world. And, and as we're gonna talk about in future podcasts and story, that character, Spider Man in general, and and the Spider Verse and Spider People, they, it, it's so at the center of a lot of different storylines. Not only because of their character, but because of how they interact. With all the different characters, mm-hmm. you know, in Civil War and 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 then its interactions, they'll yeah, be yeah. in um, what you may call it in Secret Wars as well, and, and how important he is to that storyline. So there's just so many different elements and so much that make him such a great character because there's so much depth and 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 just. I don't know. I, I sorry. I, I, I'm, I I'm a fanboy. No, depth is great. <laughs> yeah, okay. we're, we're, we're nerding out yeah. over how yeah. great Spider-Man yeah. is. No, but I think depth is a, is a perfect way to to describe that uh, for his character. Um, all right, so we're we're getting close to our, our hour. I was originally going into I was like, oh, you know, maybe we'll talk about <laughs> Spider Verse for a little bit. Then we'll talk about other MCU stuff. And the, now, nope. We'll save more MCU stuff for another episode because we just had so much to nerd out about Spider-Verse because it was so good. Um, and if for some reason you're you're watching it and you ha- and just wanted to listen to us talk about it and you haven't watched it yet, go watch it. It's amazing. You'll, you're, you're not going to regret it. Um, we are going to be doing some more episodes coming up. We're, of course, going to be talking about uh, the rest of the MCU because there's new shows coming out. We haven't had a chance to talk about guardians of the galaxy yet uh and of course james gunn going to dc and like you know we'll nerd out about all those things uh in in future episodes but uh i think the next episode after this one uh is going to be our big diablo episode uh because i mean i've been obsessed with diablo since it, it came out uh as pretty much been everybody that we've talked to or we've seen on like on our friends list just kind of everybody's on diablo uh it's so we'll, we'll be doing some of that but as we're getting to this kind of wrap up let's get into that you know what are you watching what are you playing what are you reading what, what do you got going on what what stuff are you doing right now? <laughs> well i feel like you've done a really good uh a really good transition to the end there i've been playing diablo <laughs> yeah <laughs> i've been playing diablo 4 non-stop it's uh it's 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 been such a great experience. We're gonna talk about it. We're gonna fill out an hour easy, uh, easy. easy. Uh, and it, it might even be a two parter. Like so later might. on, uh, maybe a couple episodes down, we'll talk about like our, our mm-hmm. further experience as the game progresses. It's still new. Um, it mind blowing. I think it was what was it that uh, what was the statistic, man? That f- the first four days that the game released. Uh, worldwide there was a total of like millions of hours played and it was a total mm-hmm. of like 10,000 years in four days yes. the world played 10,000 years of Diablo now to us that statistic is awesome and funny to the rest of the world it's sad you're like I'm sorry <laughs> what <laughs> how many years were wasted doing what no. um, but it's you know it's one, it's one of those cool stats though like I feel like that shows the impact and, and how many people are playing this game. Where some of the other stats that they were, I don't know. Some of the other stats I've seen were just like, ah, whatever. That's a, that doesn't really matter. But, like, seeing that stat, seeing, like, how many times the butchers killed people, like, you know, those, those kind of stats I always laugh at and enjoy. <laughs> so, all right. So, you're, you're all in on the... Uh, well- on the Diablo, is there any anything else you're watching, you're reading, or is it just like Diablo's on the brain? Uh, Diablo really has been on the brain. Um, I'm more or less trying to catch up with a couple of of, of shows. I still haven't finished uh, Miss Marvel on uh, mm. mm-hmm. on uh, Disney Plus. I still haven't seen uh, Secret Invasion. 
Um, and then I also need to get caught up on Boba Fett. So I'm just trying to like make time ah. when I'm not addicted to Diablo 4 to get caught up <laughs> on those, uh, those shows. That makes sense. Uh, cool. So like I'm, of course, doing the, uh, the Diablo grind as well. The other game... Uh, is of course is TFT is back for a new season so I kind of got roped into that uh, pl- trying to play and figure it out a little bit and scatter a couple games in between the Diablo grinds that we've got going on uh, shows that we're watching of course uh, you mentioned Secret Invasion the first episode is out uh, watched it tonight I'm not gonna go into it but we'll save it for our later uh, MCU episode uh, because like it literally just came out, so I'm not I'm trying I'm really trying not to spoil that one. <laughs> where Spider Verse has been out for a month, so no excuses. Uh, and I got sucked into the rabbit hole thanks to Jaime's uh, recommendation of Kim's Convenience. <laughs> I'm like I'm like on season four now. Like I I went, I went deep into it. Like is a very funny show. So if you're looking for a funny show, it's on it, Netflix right now. It's, it's so good. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend it again. If you have not seen it, <laughs> it is it, it's a Canadian show that is hilarious. It's very well done. Um, check it out. It, it just do us a favor. If if you don't listen to anything else you say, and you think I'm an idiot for everything else I've said, just listen <laughs> to this one thing and just go see the first episode. That's all you need to watch. <laughs> excellent but that's going to do it for us for this episode thanks for uh tuning in and listening if you're listening to us here or watching us depending on where you are you can check out the podcast anywhere that podcasts are available so itunes spotify all that kind of good stuff uh but thanks for tuning in and listening watching and we'll see you guys next game and i stopped as well oh i think wait no okay you'll have to splice